Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So some big news in the housing market. I think this is going to be good news for one group and bad news for another group. We'll explain further in just a moment. Let's get right over to the Wall Street Journal and this article. Really fascinating stuff. You guys are going to love this. Some great charts, great data. And it this one really made me think. This is one of the few articles that I actually read prior to going live. <laughs> Most of you guys know, excuse me, I usually just wing it. But anyway, so title, America's biggest landlords can't find houses to buy either. So they're talking about America's biggest landlords, like these huge mega funds, like Blackstone or I don't know, BlackRock, they're probably in there as well. But they talk about invitation homes more specifically in this article. But what we need to think through is the ramifications of them not being able to find homes, the ramifications of them starting to lose money on a lot of these homes, and and the interest rates on a one-month treasury or a three-month treasury being 5.5%. When you compare that with the amount of money, the yield that they're making on these rental properties... I'll explain, I'll connect the dots here at the end of the article, but let's go through this. There has rarely been a time, a better time to own tens of thousands of single family rentals, <laughs> tens of thousands. I, it's actually more like hundreds of thousands. Each one of these groups owns tens of thousands. It, it's actually millions. I don't know what I'm talking about here, but again, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. We'll get into that in a moment. So record home, a record home prices the highest mortgage rates in a generation and limited properties for sale are pushing home ownership beyond the reach of many Americans and leave plenty of room for rents to rise and still cheaper than owning plenty. I mean, plenty of room. I mean, you guys know that if your landlord just bumped your rent by 50% tomorrow, you'd have no problem paying that. You see? So the first thing that I want you guys to jot down or make a mental note, these Large players in the business that could dump massive supply onto the market moving into 2024, they are completely disconnected with reality. These are these guys that are flying around in their private jets. They're living in New York. They're up in the Hamptons. Maybe they're in Silicon Valley. They're not part of the average Joe and Jane living in Kansas City or in Ohio or something like this. They believe that, oh my gosh, well, the consumer is on fire. I mean, the consumer is doing incredibly well. Look at all these nominal wage gains. We, we've gone from you know benefiting capital to now we're benefiting labor. And labor, well, those are our renters. And their wages have gone so much. They've got so much disposable purchasing power. They've got so much disposable income, so much purchasing power. Every single time I go to a restaurant, it's absolutely packed. And all my, my friends are driving around and Aston Martins, and they're buying private jets as well. I mean, the, the economy's on fire here. See, in their minds, there's almost limitless growth potential in rents. In other words, they, they don't understand that people's incomes in real terms have gone down. They're being pinched. They can barely afford to put food on the table. Now, these guys, they have a completely distorted worldview. They think that rent prices can just go up forever. And because, well, incomes, they're, they're 
they're just going to go up forever as well. And there's when you actually sit back and think about what they're saying, it's completely insane. But let's keep going. Now they start talking about the amount of offers they write. We write hundreds of offers every week at price points that we'd be willing to transact at. Notice that last part, that they would be willing to transact at. So what they're doing is they're looking at the math. Okay, well, we need to get at least, let's say, a 7% return. Why a 7% return? Because they can get 5.5 in a three-month T-bill. So they're basing what they're willing to pay on getting a premium to treasuries, the the risk-free rate, if you want to call it that. So there's fewer and fewer homes for them to buy, which means fewer of these buyers, which means what they've seen is they've had to take a haircut on some of these properties that have gone back and forth between these mega funds in 2021 and 2022. More on that in just a moment. Property moguls, private equity firms, and other big investors started out scooping up foreclosed homes on courthouse steps. And when those ran out, they looked open market to buy more. They ramped up purchasing after COVID lockdowns, as did smaller investors until roughly, listen to this, guys. This is, most people might look at this and say, oh, they're just a small portion of the market, George. What are you talking about? Roughly one in four Homes sold in boomtowns such as Miami, Houston, Phoenix were being bought by someone who would never move in. One in four homes. To give you guys a visual representation of this, look at this chart. And I hope you're sitting down. Look at this. Portion of U.S. home purchases made by landlords with a 1,000 plus houses quarterly. Look at what happened in 2021 and 2022. These guys were buying everything at any price. So think about this. Now that demand is not only gone, but we're starting to see a lot of these big funds start to backpedal and realize exactly what I was saying at the beginning of this video. And then look over the, oh, whoa, whoa, look over there. That's a three-month treasury. I can get 5.5% on that? What, what am I doing with, with toilets and tenants? So now we're starting to see these funds start to reevaluate the insanity that they got caught up in, the hysteria, as Jim Rogers would say. And they're starting to become net sellers. This is starting right now. Let's keep going. Invitation, Invitation Homes, which owns about 83,000 homes, has been selling properties that have appreciated to the point that they're yielding less than 4%. And what are they doing with that money? Why would they be selling? They're putting the proceeds in the bank where the cash is earning more than 5%. You see how this works? Most people believe that these mega funds like Blackstone and BlackRock or Invitation or whatever, that they come in and they're like, oh, you know what? We really like real estate. We're, we're, We're passionate about real estate. We're real estate guys. And we're going to come in here and we want to improve the neighborhood. And we're going to hold on to these rental properties because this is a fantastic business. Like like they're like Ned Flanders of real estate. These guys are sharks. These guys don't care how they make money. Real estate is a widget to them. They don't care if it's real estate, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, just, uh, 
you know, default swaps in Indonesia. <laughs> they, they could care less. These guys are hardcore sharks and they don't care where they smell blood. They will attack. And if they're not making profit, they're done. I mean, I'm out. Let's pull the ripcord ASAP. They have no emotional attachment to these quite literally millions of homes. Now, listen to this. If, if you thought that just getting a 5.5% return instead of the 4% is a lot of incentive, you ain't seen nothing yet. Check this out. Such as the property fund that sold invitation, 1,870 houses in July of this year for $645 million. But listen, that was less than Starwood Real Estate Income Trust paid for the houses during the 2021 frenzy. You see what's happening? You guys know that home prices, if you look at the Case-Shiller Index, have actually come down uh, across the nation. Now, in some markets, obviously, still up. But they've come down over the past, let's say, 12-month period. And they're coming down faster than they started coming down in 2006. And that's in nominal terms. When you adjust for inflation, they're even lower. And then you got to look at the opportunity cost of not having that liquidity that you'd have in, in uh, oh, I don't know, a T-bill. And the opportunity cost of not getting that guaranteed 5.5%. So they're sitting there and they got caught up in all this hysteria, just like the, 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 the crypto bubble. So they went out there and bought all these homes in 2021 paying any price for that. But now all of a sudden, they're taking a haircut on this. And they're saying, holy S, we have got to pull the ripcord before we take any more losses. So they're starting to dump these properties. Even if the interest rates on a three-month treasury was lower than the rents, they're still starting to dump them because they're taking a haircut based on what they paid. Before that bulk purchase, Invitation had added just 470 houses in 2023, most straight from builders. And this is where it gets really interesting. When we start thinking about this in terms of houses that are now just being built exclusively to rent. So I don't know what your liquidity is going to be on that, guys. When <laughs> If you're not building them for an owner-occupant, where, where do we go with that? It's like someone's going to want to buy a house with apartment-grade carpet and, and, and uh, finishes and whatnot. But I don't want to get off on that tangent here. Let's focus on the article. It sold 675 in the first half. And executives say they expect to sell more aggressively in the second. AMH, formerly known as America Homes Homes for Rent, and owner of about 59,000, just a mere 59,000, no biggie. <laughs> you see, I mean, it's just like, oh, well, there's 50,000 here, you know, 500,000 there, add a million there. It was really counting. But you add all this up, and you're like, oh, that's one in four properties in huge markets like Miami and Phoenix. And, and by the way, I, I'm just something, I'm remembering something about Miami and Phoenix and Las Vegas. Something happened in those housing markets right around 2009, 2010. Hmm. I wonder what that was. <laughs> I think you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the 
incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Getting back to this article here, AMH plans to build more than 2,200 houses total in 2023 and has bought land for thir- to add 13,000 more down the road. Yields are greater with houses that AMH builds specifically to rent than those it can buy, especially now that lumber prices have fallen back down. And they say here, you can't paint a better backdrop for pricing power for AMH and invitation. And this is according to John Pawlowski, Managing Director of Real Estate Research, Green Street. And I, now, look, I would agree with John, assuming that incomes have no limit, assuming that people are not constrained by the amount of money they make from their paycheck. Oh, John, you're spot on, dude. Spot on. There's no way I could paint a better backdrop for pricing power for rental properties than what we're seeing fundamentally right now, assuming that people's income is not a constraint. That's a pretty big assumption (laughs) because for most of you watching this live stream right now, you know, in fact, you probably live it almost daily that your income, believe it or not, actually does constrain you to a certain degree (laughs) based on it does constrain what you can buy and what you can do. And again, you see these, these um, CEO types and these BlackRock types, these private equity guys that are flying around in their private jets, they, they can't get that through their head because they're making, you know, $20 million a year. And if their rent goes up, you know, they're paying 10, 10 grand a month, let's say for rent, their rent goes up by 50%. That's five grand. Who cares? Who cares? They don't even notice that, that that's like pocket change. They spend that on dinner at STK or something like that. So for that's the world they live in. So what they think is that applies to the average Joe and Jane that, like I said, you could just raise their rents by 50% and they'd be like, "Eh, yeah, well, whatevs. No big deal. Anyway, honey, what's on? What's what's for dinner tonight? Who's playing? Who's playing the game? What are we doing this weekend? Oh, yeah, I know. Our landlord wants to raise our rent from $2,000 to $3,000 next week. But yeah, whatevs. I mean, just uh, take that out of uh, take take that out of the, the 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 pocket change, right? Take that out of the just the the extra disposable cash that we have laying around. I mean, no, th- this is crazy. This is crazy, and you can see the disconnect that these executives that are making these decisions have with just the average Joe and Jane. And the problem there is they are going to get a wake-up call. And as you can tell by what we were reading earlier, 
a lot of these executives have woken up to this reality. And, and you can tell because they're now net sellers. But remember, there's such little supply. That's the, always the bullish argument you get. When ever, anyone watches this type of video, that's, that's really the only, they're a one-trick pony as far as their argument. No matter what I say about the housing market, it's just oh, <laughs> supply, supply, as though that just defeats every and all argument or every and all data points. Is that just somehow magically solves the problem of people being constrained by their income? Oh, people are constrained by their income? <laughs> so what? Supply, hello. But because what they don't understand is the supply being low is one of the best arguments for prices going down because the supply is so low and demand is at all time lows that all you have to do, think about this. There's only five or 600,000 homes for sale right now as we speak. You could have one of these mega funds just dump everything or a couple of them and that's an extra 200,000 homes on the market. You don't think that's going to negatively impact the price when right now the prices that we see are based on demand for 600,000 homes? I mean, you're talking about increasing it by, you know, uh, 20, 30% as far as the available supply. So unless demand skyrockets, which I'm not sure why it would, you've got one way for prices to go down. So at the beginning of this video, I said there's going to be some people that get crushed by this. And there's also going to be some people that this really benefits. I mean, this is not a bad news story at all. For the majority of young people out there, especially, this is fantastic news. This is fantastic news. Because for, you know, now again, this takes a long time to play out. But looking into the, into the future, in three, four years, these housing prices could come back down to a level that's actually affordable for them when all the Black Rocks and the Blackstones, you know, have made all their money, have sold, or maybe taken a haircut and said, I'm out, or realized that average Americans are actually constrained by income, and therefore they're off to their next grift, if you want to call it that. But that, for, for the young people especially, this is fantastic news, unless they own a house. So here we go. AMH Singlelin, I'm not sure if that's their CEO or that's someone's name or whatever, estimates that AMH's rents, which have averaged $2,063 a month, could rise more than 30% before they reach the cost of buying a comparable house. You see what they're doing? They're, they're, they're like totally ignoring income. Like it doesn't even matter. They're like, well, the only metrics that matter are rents and price. And if price is way up here, well, obviously rents will go right up to that exact same level. Because as you know, Americans are not constrained by income. They're not constrained by purchasing power. They're not constrained by how much money they make every month. I mean, this is just complete insanity. And, and this is why I think that moving into 2024, we're going to have a fundamental shift here in, in the supply side dynamics. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. And, and by the way, I said that they completely ignore income. But another thing they completely ignore is the fact that the Fed, right as we speak, is trying to increase the unemployment rate, for heaven's sakes. You heard, don't fight the Fed. Th these people, you know what I talk about on this channel all the time? One of the biggest mistakes that I see investors make, or human beings in general, is they take the data from like the last year or the last six months and so they have this recency bias 
where they take the short-term data that we've seen over the last six months and they extrapolate that indefinitely into the future as though we're just going to have a 3.8% unemployment rate forever. What are you talking about? This, this is madness <laughs> that the Fed comes right out. In fact, they're doing a, a they're making an announcement today on the, the rate hike decision or the rate decision, I should say. We don't know if they're going to hike, but they're explicitly trying to reduce the purchasing power of the average American. So how can you sit there with a business model that requires rents to increase by 30% and say that this is just a foregone conclusion? Now, th these people are painting themselves into a corner and they're going to get that right hook from Tyson. They, they have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. And it's very similar. It's like a real estate version of the bullwhip effect. That's pretty much what we're dealing with. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. See you on the next video.